Hello everyone and welcome to episode number six of Dive In With Waters. Today I am joined with the founders of What The Hack. What The Hack is an organization that runs hackathons and unique innovation events with a focus to generate solutions to problems that's facing society and business. So this week, What The Hack is running its third event and its second virtual event called Hackback. I'm joined today by the founders of What The Hack, Sophie Benoit and Caitlin Hafer. And who are going to tell us all about what the hack, um, how they set it up, and more about the event this week. Sophie, Caitlin, it's amazing to have you both on the show. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. I would say this week is really busy for you with the event. It's like the calm insanity right now. Like all the setup is done, but now it's the fun part, which is also a crazy part of it. Brilliant. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. Um, so just for people who are like listening, who may, don't know what a hackathon is, can what do you just tell me like what is a hackathon? Uh, so yeah, so our sort of standard setup is a two-day event. Uh, we have some broad problem statement that teams have to address coming in. Uh, we give each team a more specific problem statement within that broad one. Um, and within the two days, they have to research kind of the why of that problem statement. Um, what's been tried before, where are their market gaps, they have to come up with yeah. a solution product and a business plan. And at the end of the two days, they pitch it all to a panel of judges. And the judges select one or several of the best. And that, that team or those teams get a selection of prizes to help them carry their product idea forward. So it's, it's great because I think not only are you giving people a problem to solve, but they have such a, a short period of time to actually achieve that as well. Do you, have you found that that's a fantastic way of actually getting people to really focus on an idea rather than spend too much time brainstorming and actually more time actively trying to get the idea off the ground? Uh, yeah, it does definitely make people focus. And because there's like, it's just two days, if it doesn't work at the end, you've only invested two days. Yeah. Uh, I think it gets people to be a lot more creative about what their what their solutions are going to be. Yeah, no, definitely. And a little bit about what the hack. Like this was set up about like two and a half, three months ago, and so far you have had fantastic success. It'd be fantastic to just learn a little bit more about how what the hack came about and about some of the previous events you've run and what and the journey until now. Ah, thank you for the successful part. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go back to where it actually started. Uh, yeah. Once upon a time, I, was, <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got involved in a startup weekend. So it's um, organized by Texas and you know David because you're always there like a legend. <laughs> and um, I, it was a sustainability one and I thought mm. it was really interesting to work on those projects. And uh, then I got the chance to organize my own hackathon mm -hmm. my own startup weekend um on immigration and that's where i met caitlin she was one of the attendees mm -hmm. and i thought it was great energy i love the fact that people that don't that didn't know each other could come for like a weekend and be like become brother like become a team and be for those two days convinced yeah. fully convinced that i were going to change the world even if it does even if it doesn't at the end because people go on with their life they were yeah. convinced that something magical was going to happen. And I thought it was great, but that we could do something more about it and use those brains to work on something that actually matters. You know, like not 
necessarily random topics, but something mm -hmm. more specific and use all that brain juice that we had to do something. Um, and a couple of months later, I decided to organize uh, something around fashion because that's kind of my thing. <laughs> and I called Caitlin and I was like, can you, do you want to join me and organize a hackathon for free because uh, it's cool? And she was like, of course. So she joined <laughs> and we organized the first uh, What the Hack Hackathon, uh, which was Hack Fast Fashion. But at the time, it wasn't What the Hack, it was just a, project, a good project that we were doing. Yeah. And it was good success. It worked. People were happy. We were really satisfied with what we have been able to do because people were carrying their ideas forward at the end. And mm -hmm. that was great. So we were like, this is actually working. We should do a company. That's brilliant. And and then what the hack came. So basically now what we do is hackathons on multiple forms uh, for companies, organizations, uh, open hackathons, public, uh, all of that. Brilliant. So you're, you're talking there about the first hackathon you ran, which was um, Hack Fast Fashion. What was that like? Because you actually ran that, that in Dogpatch Labs and that was back in February. And actually the judging took place on Valentine's Day. Which is amazing. Anyone who loves startups, like literally was there on Valentine's Day, which shows all the single people who love startups, even some of the people in relationships were there because they <laughs> love startups and hackathons. But it was a really great event because it was so vibrant. But that was all about hacking fast fashion and something you said, like Sophie, that you're very passionate about. You run a lot of community fashion events as well. Why did you decide to go out with that topic first? Because um, it always have been doing something that I like. Like at, at the beginning, it didn't have a vocation to become a company per se. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I love fashion and I think it's dramatic what's happening. Because um, this entire industry is totally ruined by lots of uh, ethical problems, sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, we're damaging a lot. And I wanted to use the knowledge that I had with hack previous startup weekend hackathons to put that and do something related with fashion. So it just was naturally that I chose fashion for the first for the first hackathon. Brilliant. And you kind of took it, and especially like Caitlin and herself, like you both love this thing, and you've taken something that you were passionate about, and you, it did, and then it became a company. You, you didn't start out saying we're going to set up a company. You took something you loved. And you said, this is working, let's make this a company. And it's been incredibly successful because then your second event was a virtual hackathon. And I think it was actually one of the first virtual hackathons or the first in Ireland at the time. It was the first, and you got to market fast with that. And that was all about remote working. So can you tell us like a little bit more about that? What was it like going from a physical event to then suddenly doing a hackathon online? What was that process like transitioning? To a virtual. Oh, I think, I think Caitlin, you can go with that one. <laughs> um, the like structure-wise, it wasn't that big of a shift mm -hmm. because we, I really, we just took the structure of this is the schedule throughout the day, and instead of saying you're going to be in your workroom and then you're going to be in, uh, you know, the big group room, it was just you're going to be in this Zoom meeting or you're going to be in this Zoom meeting. Um, so structure wise, it was okay. The, uh, the logistics side of it was just creating tons and tons of zoom links and sort mm -hmm. of making sure nobody got lost, um, which tends to happen in, in, in-person hackathons. Anyway, there's always some team that sort of literally wanders off <laughs> and <laughs> like, we all have seen that team. Uh, I'm usually on that team. They, they exist and, virtually as well. <laughs> oh, they do. 
And, you know, and there's still the team that wants to turn their pitch in 30 minutes late. And it was kind of all the same things just over WhatsApp as opposed to in person. Um, so it was actually a pretty smooth transition. We kept it pretty small. So I think that helped um, that it was really, we could really like monitor everybody and sort of make sure everyone was doing okay. And um, But yeah, we had said when we finished it, like if more things had gone wrong, we would have had more to talk about but it went so smoothly we were really happy with it that's brilliant especially when it goes so smoothly because when things go online so much can go wrong and i know i was, I was a mentor and a judge of that and it was so it was so well run and even the quality of ideas that came out of it were really strong and they were all different as well they all brought a different angle to remote working and the problems that, that brings and that actually makes it a really interesting conversation for judges and i think even for companies listening to see that the the people that you're able to bring together in terms of the attendees, the real, like the real established business people and students, people from all walks of life together to come up with these solutions was so exciting to see. And that actually kind of brings us up to today and your third hackathon and your second virtual hackathon, and that's called Hackback. So can you tell us a little bit more about what Hackback is about? What's the theme of this hackathon? And yeah, it would be great to hear more. Yeah, so Hackback is looking at how small businesses and startups or what challenges they're going to face as we come out of the shutdown. Mm -hmm. um, so economically, uh, just in terms of like logistics or anything else, um, and how we can start to address those problems before we're in the middle of them. Uh, a lot of the, like with our last event, with the remote one and a lot of the other COVID hackathons, mm -hmm. uh, we're kind of solving problems that were, you were sort of bailing the boat out as we're sinking. And so we're trying with this one to say like, okay, let's figure out what, what we're going to have to deal with and then try to solve that, those problems ahead of time. So, but it's the well, same structure. It's two days and teams have problem statements and they're going to have fabulous pitches at the end of it. No, definitely. I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. And I think very, very important now, because this is kind of looking at now when restrictions are kind of, reducing what's next for companies when people are now start thinking about going back to business and are facing those challenges of like bringing staff back on how to survive so i think that's it's incredibly apt but i think it's also really positive too as a great way to bring the business community together so i think that's fantastic and i can't wait to see this week what comes out of it and the ideas that come out of it so that's really really exciting um and actually for this event you've got an incredible lineup of speakers mentors you know involved with the event can you tell me more about some of the speakers and how do you get these caliber of people together? Like, what's what's the trick? Uh, I ask nicely. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, seriously, you would be really surprised on how people react. I reach out to um, we. There were an, um, another hackathon, and mm -hmm. we were there as mentors. And this person, um, he's a Harvard alumni. He's working as lobbyist at the White House, like this really busy, really busy person. And I just reached out and I was like, hey, <laughs> we have something really amazing and I'm sure you want to hear about it. And he was like intrigued a little bit. Um, and then I had a talk with him, had a chat and explained why we wanted to do this. And I think it's, easy, it's, it's way easier to convince people when they actually believe that you're doing that for the right reason, that you actually believe in your projects. Mm -hmm. So, like the, this is the this is the way I I, I talk to people. Uh, I do lots of um, stalking on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> uh, 
I think I think you cannot hide from me. I know where you are, or I will find you eventually. <laughs> and uh, yeah, depending of the the, the topic that we have, because we had lots of mm. different topics, so I tried to have like kind of different an eclectic um, panel of people, so we can you know um, have every topic cover. Brilliant. I love what you said there about like LinkedIn stalking. You just really, like, that is what it is. It is just stalking. And like, I'm all I'm, in my head, I'm like, should I invest in LinkedIn premium so people don't know it's me who's stalking them? Um. You should. You definitely should. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful invention. I love LinkedIn premium. I got it for free, actually. And now I'm sad because it's going to be over soon. But um, they got me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for it. I can't do my job anymore without it. Because <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're like looking at speakers and researching people and you, you want to research people without them knowing that you're researching them. So it's like, yeah, but, it, but it's great. But as you said, just reaching out to people and being nice and actually showing that passion and why you're doing it. I think that's a big piece of it. And it's coming from like a really kind of good place. And I think that's fantastic. And I think even when people who are listening heard how this came about, that it was something you love to do that grew into a company. And similar to all my all our guests I've had, a lot of people they just followed their passions. And I think that seems to be the, the trick. If you can take your passion and turn it into something that can make money, then it's great. So it's fantastic. And it is just about trying to explore things that you'd love to do. Um you know, when I think like events like what the heck, you know, they don't actually happen without the support of sponsors and community organizations. And like for Hackback, the list of companies involved is so impressive. So there's Microsoft, Stripe, NDRC, Dublin Beck, Dogpatch Labs. And that's just a few, like the list goes on and on and on. Like that's, it's incredible. So for yourselves, like what is the process like of actually getting companies like this on board to support your events? Well, as I said before, we organize event for companies as well and external events. So we see first what would be the best fit with the company, like what would they want, what could they mm -hmm. benefit from being a sponsor. Um, and they like to get members and employees involved as mentors or um, sometimes attendees, but mostly mentors or judges. Um, it's good for companies because they can see what comes next, like what is the new innovations, what are the new profiles, especially because there's lots of students or job seekers. So they kind of like being um, in that field and see what are the new projects, the new ideas. Uh, they also are really generous, uh, like Microsoft, they help us financially for this hackathon. And they're offering as well um, credits for their cloud. Which is which is great because people are able to deploy it on it. Yeah, and because they they really care about the future of engineering and IT, and they think like it's during those hackathons that they can find uh, exciting project, the project that can become the future of um, of their industry. So it really depends of the relationship and what we want to do with them. But most of the time, they're really generous and they get lots of time uh, also because there is lots of mentoring involved and keynote speaker and presentation, you know, so time and uh, resources. That's brilliant. And I imagine it's a huge help, like getting that actually, and it probably, it's a probably great motivator for yourselves to see even from the very first one, we had great sponsors that every hack of on the list of people supporting 
keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that must be a fantastic validation for yourselves for the work that you are doing. Yeah, that's a good KPI, especially because that's a, that's my job now. So it's <laughs> it's a good like it's a good it's a good it's a really good sign. That's brilliant. And like what I love about like Hackathon, especially what the hack is that you're solving real problems and entrepreneurship is all about solving problems. So really user are potentially creating the next wave of like founders, a bit like yourselves, because you are involved with all our projects as well. Like Caitlin, you're actually the founder of a business called Clockwork Hiring. I would love to learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, so myself and my co-founder is Monish and David. Um, we actually started out at the, the Accenture Leaders of Tomorrow, which is a, more of an accelerator program than a hackathon. Um, but starts out with a two-day hackathon. And we went through that program last summer. Um, and so, and we lost, but we're still going. So it's a tool that helps uh, employers sort applicants for jobs uh, based on their personality traits and how those personality traits best fit with uh, different types of jobs. So we're, it should be launching in July. Barring any like massive technological issues. That's exciting. And like, like you're, you're at those like very early stages and what have you learned so far? Like have you, from like when the idea started to now, what have been some of like the main challenges you've faced so far in terms of trying to set the business up and what have been some of like the things, the biggest learnings you've had so far? Um, I think really listening to your potential customer, mm-hmm. um, when we first started it, it was something completely different um, and, and much broader of a, it addressed a lot of problems at once. Um, and throughout the like three months of the LOT program, we narrowed it down to like this one very, very specific thing. Um, and even within the last, you know, two days of talking to people, people would say like, oh, but we could use it. I could use it in this way that you hadn't predict it or you know that you hadn't anticipated um so i think really listening to everything that people say good and bad about whatever it is that you're making um mm. can only benefit you to have something that people actually are going to want and that's going to be really impactful that's brilliant and see can you tell me a little bit more about how the personality traits piece work are there like certain personality traits that suit <laughs> certain jobs over others Yeah, so it's based on the big five personality traits, um, which go back to, and I've read probably, I think, everything on big five at this point (laughs) that is available on Google or on Google (laughs) Scholar, uh, which, and of course, I can't remember when big five was invented, um, but it's based on the big five personality traits, and IBM Watson has a text uh, analysis program that will uh, measure for those traits based on your writing, so it can take any body of writing. And so we have questions for the candidate to answer. And then based on the type of job that the employer chooses and the focus of that job, uh, it looks for the traits that have been uh, shown to match with those types of job and the traits. So say a salesperson who's very dedicated to the job they'll tend to have these personality traits. Mm -hmm. And so Watson measures for those and says, you know, these are the top three candidates. Ah, sounds really good because you do see that, especially in work, that some people with certain personalities excel in certain areas 
and who will struggle in other areas is based on it doesn't fit their personality types. And so I think that's a really apt focus. And I remember the HR when I was in university a long time ago, and I remember all about the big five. So I, so I, when you say you read everything about the big five, I'm like, yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> yeah. And I get some you. of them are really surprising too. Like some of them you that you read it and you're like, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then you read the actual science behind it and you're like, oh, okay. No, that, that does make sense. And that's why, you know, John that I knew in college wasn't successful in the job that everybody yeah. thought he'd be great in. So, so Caitlin, now with a large number of organizations now telling their workforces that they can work remotely for the end of the year or giving them the option to work remotely permanently, how do you see this affecting recruitment? Uh, I mean, I think it'll be um, an improvement for recruitment. If yeah. um, And it's also based on like talking to other people working in recruitment that now, since we're not as confined by location as we were before, um, you can recruit people from anywhere. So, you know, you don't have to worry about somebody's commute as much. You don't have to worry about... Um, whether they might have, you know, family obligations at home that they would have to take time off for. Like, I think now it's just broadened the pool of applicants hugely. I think it's going to make a huge difference in the tech sector, which is notoriously hard to recruit for in general because there's always that kind of skill shortage. So now it allows companies to really look remotely. And I think it's a great opportunity for, for platforms like um, clockwork hiring like platforms that deal with remote workers to really excel right now because now everyone is thinking about technology differently and how their business can use technology so I think it's a really really interesting time and I think it's a really and I think it's now companies are going to look at how they can bring their workforces and people together in unique ways and actually that takes me on Sophie to yourself because you've actually I think you mentioned earlier you run lots of community events and lots of areas such as fashion, um, immigration, social enterprise, so many. And you, you seem to have a real knack for bringing people together. Um, and where did this kind of passion for bringing people together come from? Because mm, I'm an only child and I, would need, and I needed friends. This is a sad answer. No, like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not. No, it's not true. Well, I, I do. I'm an, only child but that's not true uh i started when i was in france actually um my first entrepreneurial project was to build uh a marketplace for local designers and i didn't have any money to do a lunch party or lunch mm -hmm. like you know huge pr so i thought it would be nice to do that in a bar where mm -hmm. the clients already are there so i was like i'm just gonna put those designers there and people even if people don't want to know or they don't know what's happening yeah. They will have to have a look at it because they're just next to their pints. Uh, and that was the launching of the, of the marketplace. And it went super well, like really, really well, better than expected. And it actually turns out that the marketplace was a total fail. It didn't work at all. Like not at all. Like not at all. But, <laughs> but the event was great. And People enjoyed it and people were thanking me for organizing this and how they met other people and how they've been able to understand how products were made and that it kind of changed the way they were seeing some aspects of yeah. their life. And I was like, oh, that's great. Actually, by bringing people together, we can make something happen. And I kept that idea in mind. Mm -hmm. And when I came to Dublin, I created Designers in the City, which mm -hmm. is kind of a 
we do events in pubs, we do sustainable table quiz, like lots of things, pretty much yeah. what I wanted to do. <laughs> but uh, I thought it, it was really a good way to bring people together and just facilitate a good moment. Like either they're going to meet people they're going to they're going to be friends with or your co-worker. Or, we don't know what's going to happen. Just bring yeah. people together and something is happening all the time. And it's like, oh, that's great. I want to create that all the time. And then because I always worked in startups, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I can bring events and the tech side. And when you bring events and the tech side, it's a hackathon <laughs> or <laughs> a conference. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> So you mentioned actually there that you've, like, you've always worked in startups. Like For people who are like listening, what is it like to work in a startup? Oh, it's, uh, it's an adventure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great adventure like seriously it's it depends on the startups because i worked in the tiny startups in france yeah. and we were only 10 when i was there and now they're 45 so it grew up pretty quickly mm-hmm. but uh when i was there we were only 10 the beginning it was really 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 messy there was no structure everybody knew what the other people were doing which is great. So that's yeah. kind of a, that's something I love about startups is everybody is interdependent. Like mm-hmm. you cannot say this is not my job or I don't know what's going on. You know, and you're ready to take over if something is happening. So you have to yeah. be ready all the time. Uh, for people that love structure and you know having visibility, it would be a total nightmare. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoy, but I enjoyed it. And yeah. then I worked in a larger startup, which is Airbnb, which is quite messy as well um it's just the way people are structuring things and because of airbnb is a bit particular they're, they're great people uh they have something the way yeah. they do the recruiting that is they're recruiting people that are passionate about something mm-hmm. and not necessarily about airbnb at the beginning they're mm-hmm. just like we wouldn't believe you if you were saying that airbnb is your passion because you haven't <laughs> even put a foot in the in the company yeah. They want people that have that drive. So everybody in this in this company were really excited and really, you know, yes to everything, which can create chaos at some point. But um, I, I think it's great. I think everybody should work in a startup at some point and yeah. work in the traditional companies because I worked in both. Yeah. And I know that I hate that hierarchy that is really, you know, too much processes that is kind of killing the project before it yeah. even started. Uh, in the big corporation that was happening, you have like the N plus, N plus one that I have to ask, the N plus two, and then it never ends, and then nothing happens. Uh, so yeah, I think we should have all the both experiences and see what we rather doing. Yeah, no, and I think you made a really good point there that it's so important people to get exposure to different types of businesses, because even if you go into setting up your own business or having your own company, it's good to understand how larger organizations work and the processes and how decisions are made because that's going to directly impact you in terms of getting sales or getting people involved with your events. Understanding how processes work in companies is so important. And I think, and sometimes when you, when you, sometimes you learn to hate the processes, it's always nice to know how it works. And I think that's what the beauty of hackathons are. And like what the hack is that you have such a short window of time. You don't have time to worry about processes. It's all about action and getting things done and finding unique ways of getting stuff done and seeing what happens in two, three, two days of just pure focus and finding creative ways of getting, getting, getting to a result, trying to come up with a well-formed idea. And I think what I loved about like what the hack was, and I know I judged 
the last two is that every a lot of the ideas you can see especially the winners the steps that they're going to take once it's over and that's really important and for so and you actually mentioned at the start there that some ones have kept going and on have kept their ideas going that must be amazing for yourselves as like the organizers of what the hack that there's ideas are going forward that must be a great feeling to know that you are you've created the event that's allowed that to happen yeah that's great we feel a bit like a the god of hackathons of entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's a, it's a really it's a great feeling because we, it's something that they had in their in their mind for a long time. I think, mm-hmm. like you know, that you always have an idea that you keep in, like uh, in a corner of your brain. And by joining this hackathon, by joining this event, they have been a, they got the opportunity to actually make that live something that probably maybe wouldn't have been able to happen without this so it's um it's good we're just giving the opportunity of them to do anything they do all the work like they they come with the idea they work for two days they're doing lots of coffees like they're they're doing the thing yeah lots of coffee is very important lots of caffeine i think at the end of these weekends if someone did, did a blood test majority of it will just be caffeine um <laughs> the key people kind of going um so once, like, what is kind of like the future now for what the hack? So when this hackathon's over, you mentioned that you're doing more companies, et cetera. What are kind of the future plans for what the hack? Uh, so yeah, so we're gonna um, start to develop that part of the business as well mm-hmm. and do a hackathons for companies because now um, lots of innovation, like companies will have to change the way they operate and they yeah. will have to collaborate in, in another way. Uh, no one knows how it will look like because people will have to manage teams half remotely. Um, it's going to be new processes, and I think in, in terms of engagement and collaboration, Hackathon will be a great tool for companies. So going that way in the business and um, and do that, um, having more resources as well for external Hackathon and to make sure that the teams can go and carry their idea forward, like maybe being a little bit... Yeah. Um, present on, on, on that part and uh, yeah getting more sponsors getting more money getting more people involved all of that <laughs> it's really exciting I was so excited to see how far you have come from the very like the first event was great but even seeing how far it's come it's just so exciting to watch and I can't wait to see what comes next but in the present you're running the third your third hackathon hash pack back so for people listening like that's happening this week how can they get involved how can they support what you are doing and support the businesses or the teams that are kind of taking part? Yeah, so we have a series of keynote talks uh, throughout the week leading up. So they're all people who are experts in either the prob- the areas of the problem statements or uh, sort of related fields that the teams will benefit from. So those are all open to the public. Um, we'll also have a few talks within the event itself. Uh, David, you're one of them, where <laughs> everybody is free <laughs> Thank to you for join. the plug. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and all of those links in the schedule are up on the website. And then everyone's also more than welcome to come see the final presentations on Sunday evening, um, which are the best part of the whole thing. So that's, the that's you know, when they get to have their big moment to shine. And we're doing them live this time. Oh, cool. So, great. Uh, yeah. So live, live pitches, live question and answer is going to be as close to uh, a in-person hackathon final pitch as as we can get it without I love, the wine. I love a good Q&A. 
It's always so I love it. It's really <laughs> exciting. It's brilliant. But that sounds fantastic. And what's the hashtag on um, Twitter? People are tweeting or want to retweet stuff. What, how can they follow you on social media? So we're at hack something on Twitter. Um, we're at what the hack on LinkedIn. The hashtag for the event itself is hack back. And we're at what dash the dash hack dot co on. Brilliant. So everyone take note of those, get on your phone, start tweeting, sharing, liking on Instagram and all that good stuff and support this business. These founders are incredible and they deserve all the success that they're getting. So please, please support them and support all their sponsors as well because they pay the bills. <laughs> so brilliant. Um, so that's great. Thank you so much again for your time and for everyone listening. As I said, please support What The Hack and keep an eye out on my the dive in with waters instagram twitter and linkedin pages i now have a twitter page took me to me six episodes but i got there um twitter page and, and if you like the show please just share it share with share with your friends family and and hopefully you can join me in for episode number seven of dive in with waters which will be out soon so all the best and thank you